0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. So we get in the word of God, talk about it, and allow it to adjust our attitudes and our perspective. And particularly this morning, I want to challenge us and ask if you need your attitude as I do, my attitude needs to be adjusted regarding suffering. Special welcome to you today. If you're new, I'm glad you're along with us. I hope you'll join us the whole video. We'll be here about 15 minutes. We get into the Word of God. We talk about it. We share it. We pray about it at the end. We allow it to change our lives. So let's get started. We're in the book of Philippians chapter 1, and Paul's been explaining how even though he's in prison and potentially facing death, he's rejoicing because his circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. And even if he had a chance to choose, he'd want to stay on, have fruitful labor, because that would be what's necessary for others. Paul is explained to us he didn't make his decisions based on what's in it for him. He made decisions based on what's in it for others. And yet, if we live a life we call being others oriented we want to be god oriented and others oriented true joy comes from putting Jesus first others second yourself last if we live this god-oriented others oriented life we'll be richly rewarded in eternity let's look at what Paul's saying here in first Corinthians or first excuse me Philippians chapter 1 verse 29. 28 and 29, he says, in no way, stand firm in the faith, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. I want to comment here that I didn't say yesterday. So often when I'm opposed, as I preach publicly on campus, the fact that I keep my poise— the fact that I don't get upset when people oppose me or attack even what I believe—it's a—it's a show of confidence. I know I'm right, and they know they're not. I remember one time one of the worst heckling I ever had, and uh, afterwards a fella came up to me and he was like shaking almost, and he and he said, "I want to be on your side. I can tell you've got something I don't have." I've had that happen to me on more than one occasion. People say, I want what you have. I could not have endured that. How do you have such strong faith, such confidence, that you don't let these people get under your skin and get ang- and upset you and make you angry? Well, the way we know is we're on the winning side. The way we know is, is we're on our way to heaven. The way we know is that no matter who's against us, we know God is for us. And when you have that confidence deep in your soul... You can withstand the, the uh, attacks of others without losing your cool. And that's what he's saying. Now, it says that, of salvation for us and destruction for them. And that doesn't mean that we're saying, hey, great, you're going to hell. That's not what it means. It means that we know we're right, and we hope that in their uh, understanding, they their seeing our poise, and their understanding that they don't have it, it will reveal to them they don't have the truth. It will reveal to them they're on the wrong path, and hopefully it will reveal to them and they will realize they can have hope if they can get on the same path we're on. Folks, as long as you're still alive, as long as a person's still alive, there's room for salvation, room for repentance, room to change, room to come to Christ, as long as they're still breathing. Never give up on somebody. So anyway, back to our scripture here, it is the sign of salvation to you and that too from God. Now look at this verse. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. It's really interesting. You read some of the other translations. One says, it's your privilege not only to suffer for, not only to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for his sake. Have you ever thought of, salva- uh, of suffering as a privilege? Certainly we think of salvation that way. We think of salvation as God's grace, God's goodness, God's benefit. He's granted us something that we didn't deserve, but it's a wonderful blessing, a wonderful thing to receive, God's salvation, forgiveness, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought that way about suffering? You ever thought that God has blessed me with this? God has given me a a good thing, that this is His grace. He allows me to suffer for the name of Jesus. I must confess, to me, this seems kind of unnatural. The fact that God would give you the this wonderful gift of eternal life, yeah, I'm grateful and thankful for that. But that God would grant me, give me the privilege to suffer for Him, that I would be grateful for that, like almost like I am as grateful for my salvation, it seems kind of unnatural. And indeed, The Bible is different. The Bible challenges us to think differently, to have our mind conformed to the image of Christ, to have to realize that God's thoughts are greater than our thoughts. The heavens are above the earth, so his thoughts are above our thoughts, as and his ways are above our ways. And I come to this verse and I say, Father, I need to think differently about suffering. I need to see it differently. I remember the first time I ever, one of the first times out on the campus, I really suffered. I mean, the, the hecklers were particularly bad that day. They really had the upper hand. I just felt like everyone was against me. As I was walking off campus that day, I was down. I was discouraged. I felt nobody here loves me. I was beginning to say, God must be disappointed in me. God must think I failed him. I was just feeling low, 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 and, and as I was walking off campus, God brought to my mind that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ, not tribulation, not even persecution, not death, and I thought, persecution? Well, I look at people who been persecuted, and I admire them. I think, wow, if they're, if they're these people who died for Christ or who suffered in a prison or were burnt at the stake, who were beheaded, they must have felt so close to God and so much felt the love of God and, and these, these are heroes of the faith. And yet, when I was experiencing a mild little one drop in the bucket of what they experienced, I was feeling not close to God. I was feeling like God must be disappointed. And I realized that it's at the times of su- that, that the, the evil one wants to attack us when we have suffered or are suffering for doing what's good, for standing for Jesus Christ it might not be physical pain that you're going through. Maybe you've been canceled. Maybe you've been slandered. Maybe people putting you down. Maybe they don't want to be your friend. Maybe they say false things about you, but you're suffering. And it's easy to think, wow, have I blown my testimony? Have I disappointed God? Have I let him down? It's easy to have these negative thoughts. Where do they come from? They come from the enemy, because he realizes that at this time, you could, you could derive great power and strength from God, and he doesn't want you to do that. Indeed, these people who suffered, I, I, in, you know, that we read about in his, in history, I don't know if they were feeling really close to God or not. I hope they were. I've always thought they were. In my moment of testing, I, at first I didn't. And then I remembered, not even persecution will separate us from the love of God. And, re, and so I, Drew upon that verse, and I grew, and I, and I found strength to believe that no, God's not disappointed with me. God is, God is proud of me, God is happy for me. God says, "I stood for Him in the fire of life. I was faithful." You know, there's other verses along this line. So let's just look at a few on how to adjust our how we need to have an attitude adjustment towards suffering. You ready? Uh, Jesus said this, Luke six twenty two. Blessed are you when men hate you, hate you. I don't want to be hated by anyone, but he says, you're blessed. You're, 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 you're happy. Be happy. God is blessing you when men hate you, when they ostracize you, it means that they don't want to be around you. When they insult you, they say, they say mean things about you and they scorn your name as evil. They, they, and indeed, there's times that people have done that. They, 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 because they're Christian, they say these are evil people, and they don't want any any memory of them. They want to wipe it out. You're blessed if you do if you experience those things for the sake of the Son of Man. Now, you don't want to be hated, ostracized, insulted, or scorned as evil because you're a jerk. But if it's because of your faithfulness to Jesus Christ, you're blessed. He went on to say, "Rejoice, be glad, for your reward in heaven is great." For that's how they persecuted the prophets who came before you. How about the disciples when they were tested after Jesus had died, risen, gone back to heaven, and they were proclaiming the gospel, and they got in trouble for it, and they were actually uh, uh, told never to do it again, and they were actually punished for it, and what did they say? So they went on their way from the presence of the council after they'd been punished, warned, punished, and they went on for their way rejoicing, What? That they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. What an attitude adjustment. To think that if I suffer shame for being a Christian, if my name is insulted, if they put bad stuff about me out on the internet, if they say negative things about me, that I am that, that I should rejoice that I've been counted worthy of such an insult? worthy to be in, uh, suffer shame, that this is something I should be happy about? The disciples were, Jesus had told them to be, and indeed we should be as well. In the book of 1 Peter, it's all about suffering for Christ. The whole book is about suffering, and what does he say at the end? Peter writes, and he says, Through Sivanus, our faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. What was the true grace of God? All the suffering. He kept saying, be faithful in your suffering. Understand the purpose you're suffering. There's victory in suffering. There's glory in suffering. Understand that this is the true grace of God. I say, oh, Lord, are you kidding me? I thought the true grace of God is you just give blessing and good things in my life and salvation and eternal life and happiness and joy. But he's saying, know that even in your suffering for Christ, you can have that joy and understand that that too is a blessing. There's glory in it. There's glory in it if our attitude is right about it. How do we have that right attitude? Verse Peter, just two verses earlier, chapter 5, verse 10. After you have suffered for a little while, and indeed anything we endure here on earth is just a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. That's our future. Suffer for a little while, eternal glory. Little suffering, lots of glory. Not long suffering, long time of glory. His eternal glory in Christ. What's he going to do? How's he going to use that suffering? He will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I mean, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's almost like you say, okay, bring it on, bring it on. And I say that with, uh, uh, by faith, by faith, Lord, this is the path to eternal glory. This is the path to what God is doing in us. This is the path to being like Christ. And indeed, you know and I know, the people in life I admire most, the people in life that I really look up to, they had to overcome obstacles that in most cases they suffered usually unjustly, but that suffering made him a better person. Brothers and sisters, it's been granted to you and me to receive the salvation of Jesus Christ. Let's be grateful. And it's been granted to you and me to suffer for his name. Let's be grateful. If we don't understand this as a blessing, we will live our lives seeking to avoid that suffering. And that will mean we fear men, we disobey God, we compromise. When we count the cost, we don't pay the cost. We try and figure a way out of, of how I can have the world's applause and God's as well. No, it's when we choose God's way faithfully, that's when the blessing comes. That's where the power is released in our lives. Amen. Let's pray about it. Oh, God, Father in heaven. We just confess we need to have an attitude adjustment about suffering, about rejection, about insults, about being ostracized, about people even hating us because of our faithfulness to you. And I pray, Father, that you would help us. Lord, That's hurt. you know that that hurts to be rejected. We want people to love us. We want people to like us. And Lord, when they choose not to, because we've chosen to love you, I pray you'd help us not only to be faithful to you, but to realize the tremendous blessing and reward that we have. Father, we're not we're not asking for it. We're not seeking it. We don't want to be a, uh make ourselves to be a martyr in a wrong way. But Father, if you if we're faithful to you and that suffering comes, I pray we would endure it with great patience and with rejoicing and with your attitude that, you've, that Paul has exhibited for us here in the book of Philippians. We pray these things and count it an honor to be your followers, even if that means we suffer for you. We praise you and bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I love the Word of God. I hope you do too. You know, there's so much we need to grow in, So many areas where we need to have our attitudes adjusted, our our perspective changed, including this one, this area of suffering. Well, that's why we get in the Word of God every day. And I want to exhort you today get in the Word of God every day. Every day. Let it feed your soul, let it adjust your attitude. Do it on your own and do it with us. We come here every day, get in the Word of God, just 15 minutes or so. Why? Because we know it can change our lives and we know we need our lives to be changed. We need to be inspired, encouraged, edified, challenged. We need these things. So if you're new, welcome. I hope you'll join us. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video on your way out. Share with your friends. uh, Post on your social media. Invite them to join us. All of us who come here every day. I love you. I'm so glad that you are committed to daily growing in God's Word. I'm glad to have you along. God bless you. You have a great day, and I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.